Tom Wilson, your sleaze ball once again, and Connor Carrick dealt to the Dallas Stars so that William Nylander can absorb an even bigger cap hit, or at least he's hoping so. Welcome to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul, Justin Baker, co-host, and uh, we are excited to say the least, about the upcoming NHL season. Yeah, I'm excited about that and our upcoming fantasy season. Yes, yes. Our, our fantasy draft tomorrow night. Uh, if you missed out, if you're not, there, there's. I guess there is a chance if you're listening right now. So we're recording this Monday at 6 o'clock p.m., not a.m. We don't yeah. do that. Uh, there is a chance that, you know, if you could get two people, and we could bump it up to 14. I think we have 12. We could. Yeah, we got 12 right We now. could do it. So if you want to hop in the league, uh, let us know. We can probably work something out. Otherwise, we're, we're going with our 12. We've got a, a lot of our listeners in there. All, all everybody in there is a, a listener. So excited mm-hmm. for, for that. And uh, we, of course, will use our league to, you know, kind of talk fantasy throughout the year and uh, talk trash to each other because that's what you do when you play fantasy hockey with uh, other people that also do podcasts and and your co-host. Thank you. Yes. yes. <laughs> Especially since Justin is going to be drafting Philip Zadina first overall. Is that right? Oh, Pavel Zadina. Man. That just, that hurts. Yeah. That you know, hurts. You're gonna, you're, he's going to win the Calder Trophy, right? Is he? <laughs> he still could. That's, I mean, that's that's what you told me. He still could. Oh, he still could. <laughs> okay. I wonder, that would be an interesting stat. I wonder if there's ever been a Calder Trophy winner start the season in the American Hockey League. Yeah, that's a very I wonder, good did, question. Did Barrett Jackman or someone like that? Because he didn't he win it in like two thousand, two thousand two, I think. Yes, yeah. there we back there with the Blues when the Blues were just a, a powerhouse of Al McInnes and Chris Pronger. Oh my and gosh, that was Pavel Dimitra. Disgusting defense. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it'll it'll be a good time. So on the show today, we have. You know, a lot of people have been putting out their top 50. I think I saw NHL.com put out a top 50 players. Not just not just top 50 random words. or Top players, top 50 players. TSN.ca, they, they uh, do their top 50 players every year. And that's all well and good. You know, we like top 50. But everybody knows, all right, yeah, okay, you got Sidney Crosby and Connor McDavid up at the top and whoever you want to flip around. and Malkin. And- yeah, you've, you've got... You're kind of obvious, top 15, 20, and, and sure, we can argue the value of the position and yada, 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 yada. But those players, it's not like there's people on that list that you say, absolutely not. There's no one on there. There's several people completely undeserving of a top 50. But there are usually players left off that list that you could say, well, they could be 45 or 48 or something, but who cares? The harder thing to do is to rank players from 50 to 100 because I think you're opening it up to players not necessarily even on teams' first lines anymore. Uh, so I think that's that's where it gets a little more difficult, and that's what we're going to do on the show. Uh, we have just one list. We're not going to go back and forth between two lists. Uh, just one list to kind of... We'll talk about different players. We the, the list is available in the show notes. So you just click on... Uh, you know However you open the show notes on your particular podcasting app, you can look take a look at the list. We won't necessarily just read right off of it. 50, 51, 52, 53. That's, that's boring. It's going to take uh, forever. Yeah, but we will highlight some sp- particular players. Maybe some players we think... Uh, if you do play fantasy, 
and you have a draft coming up or you know I I don't know how any of those players would be on a waiver wire but if they are then you should pick them up immediately uh, so with with that said before we jump into that we do want to talk about some things that are happening around the NHL and uh, I think first things first Tom Wilson suspended for the first game of the regular season at least at least, yes, yeah. because of his uh, his in person hearing that comes is it tomorrow? Is that when that is? It's yeah, it's on Wednesday, which so is Wednesday, funny. Okay. That's when they're doing the banner raising. So he gets to spend the first game of the season in New York, away from the Capitals. He can't even be in the arena unless I mean, literally. He, well, actually, I don't really know what particular. Can time. he be in the press box? They can't be in the arena. I no. Well, no. When I when I say can't be in the arena, like I don't know what time he his actual <laughs> meeting is, and what time he has to be. Uh, there and yeah. what time he has to get on a flight and come back, back you yeah. know and so all the logistics of that so um i mean if i was him i would just hang out in new york for the day anyways but you know there you go yeah uh yeah that's a little sad for uh tom wilson but he also has a ridiculous amount of money for what he does yeah and uh, starting that new contract so good for him uh i mean suspension worthy it's there's just no way around it yeah, I mean, he's he's going to have an in-person meeting, which for anybody who doesn't know, that always means a minimum five games. And so from what I'm hearing, because he's a repeat offender, everybody's tagging him already for 10-game suspension. And so I'm not sure. And how stupid is it to get suspended during the preseason? Yeah, it I absolutely mean, is. Who was uh, it that got suspended for the whole pre- uh Max Domi. Yeah, for, for his a sucker, sucker punch, punch on, on Aaron Eckblad. Right, so at least... Who cares? You're suspended for the preseason, it, right? No one's no one's crying about that. But you mean you're missing regular season games? That's just that's crappy. Yeah, that's a one. It's a ton of money he's going to lose. And two, like if you're Washington, right? You're trying to not prove that there's a Stanley Cup hangover. You got to come out. And he was a big part of their offense during the playoffs. And I assume he's still supposed to be a big part of their offense come regular season time so now you have to shuffle lines out a little bit you know for even if it is eight or ten games i mean that's a long time for anybody to be missing yeah for sure. well in uh washington you knew what you signed up for yeah and uh you i mean clearly something needs to change for this guy the problem is is that you're paying him to be this guy mm-hmm. right so you've you've got this double-edged kind of sword where it's like well you uh if you don't keep playing like this, you're probably not going to be the five million dollar guy that we want. Right. Yeah. I but mean, he, he if only you put keep up. playing like this, what happens when this happens again? Does he get suspended for twenty games next time? Fifteen right. games? And that's the thing. Like everybody keeps saying, throw the book at him, make an example out of him, right? Because the NHL is completely trying to eliminate it now. I I did watch the hit quite a bit. It looked like the principal point of contact was in the shoulders, even though he did sort of come up from behind the guy, which is a big issue in my opinion. Anyways, it's the coming behind. Exactly. Yeah. So. You know, because he is such a repeat offender, and we know this is probably going to happen again with him. You know, everybody's saying let's just throw the book at him, lay the hammer down now, so maybe that'll kind of get it out of his system for the rest of the year. Well, I'll I tell know. you what, I know that uh, Capitals and Penguins don't get along, but true, someone in that Capitals organization needs to hire out consultant Matt Cook. <laughs> Uh, bring him in, and during these next two, three weeks, however long it is that he's going to have to miss mm-hmm. via games, uh, he gets to go to counseling sessions with Matt Cook. All right. Uh, if you don't remember, Matt Cook was a, a repeat offender uh, and was just kind of known as this dirty player. Wasn't even really a tough player. Was just a dirty, 
sucker punch kind of hit from behind and hit your head kind of guy. And he really turned himself around. Uh, I believe he was suspended you know, one last time. And then that was kind of, he turned himself around and he ended up going to Pittsburgh and winning the cup yeah. with Pittsburgh. So that was, uh, I mean, that was 10 years ago. I'm sure he's, his services would be available. <laughs> so that's, that's who I think they should go to. Uh, let's, Let's shift gears and talk about that Connor Carrick trade. Not necessarily because it, I mean, the only reason why the name Connor Carrick might be more well-known throughout the league is because he's on the Leafs and not on the Coyotes. Right. Uh, you know, a 6'7 guy on the Coyotes, the, most people are going, okay, well, I don't... Who cares? I, I mean, Connor Carrick was dealt for a seventh-round draft pick. A conditional seventh-round. Well, the, the condition is that if he plays 50 games... It becomes a sixth-round pick. Ooh. Hot damn. Wow. Sixth-round pick, baby. Uh, we got to root for him to play 50. Because yeah, I guess you would if you're a Leafs fan, right? But, uh, and it, sure, we can we can dive in and, and talk about all the different uh, potential pairings for the Leafs on defense with Carrick gone. I mean, it was just, there was just a bevy of guys who could have had that job. That, that's not really what I want to focus on. Um, that's fine. Connor Carrick, pretty inconsequential player. Uh, a fine guy. Uh, no problems with him. I'm sure he'll go to Dallas and he'll play fine as one of their their bottom pairing guys or a you know, 40 to 50 game player. But does it open, enough, open up some space to be able to say, well, we're ready for Nylander to come in because they also sent down... Uh, Curtis McElhaney, Calvin Pickard, Callie Rosen, Andreas Borgman. So they're they're sending many players down and uh, almost ready to kind of... There's that one roster space still open for Nylander, uh, even though he they don't technically have to do that because he's not signed. Uh, over under, uh, we'll say Nylander signs and plays in game one tomorrow night. What are your chances? Say 25%. 25% chance, yeah. Uh, I think he would have, he'd have to sign tonight, right? Yeah. If he's not signed by tonight, there's no way he plays in that game. Yeah. And if I'm Babcock, if he signs tonight, I'm still saying he's not playing in this game. Right. And that's the thing. I mean, you don't, I mean, he hasn't got to play the whole preseason with, you know, guys. Granted, he is a, he's a very talented guy, so I'm sure he could jump in and still be okay. But, you know, do you want to upset any chemistry you might already have going with, you know, Ennis and Matthews already up there? I'm not worried about that. Okay, <laughs> I don't really care. <laughs> I mean, I think that Tyler Ennis looks like he could, you know, maybe have a little bounce back year. And if, he, if he can get 30 points, you know, 30. occasionally being on that top line. And I mean, there's there's no telling, you know, a, a guy like Ennis who can, he can play center, he can play the wing. Mm-hmm. That means that when injuries happen, He's probably a guy who's going to get shuffled up the lineup because of his speed. Yeah, and so I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility if he were to stay healthy, a thirty-point season, it would be uh, mm-hmm. it would be a success for him, and it would you know if he could get fifteen goals, fifteen assists, I'd be pretty happy with that. Okay, fair enough. Uh, but I I think that William Nylander is going to hold out. A minimum of three games. Wow, that's three. Uh, those those beginning of the season. And oh, what do you think he's going to sign for? Well, let me ask you this real quick. Do you think he's is he holding out because he's holding out for the right contract, or he's holding out because nobody's Badcock's not going to play him for three games? 
Mm, no, I think that Babcock would play him right away. Okay. Fair enough. I, um, I wouldn't, but... Uh, no, yeah. of course. Um, honestly, I think you're looking between 7 and 7.5. I think that there is... 7 is the max. The max? To me. You think so? Okay. I think it's probably more like... I, I just... I Honestly, I don't, I don't understand how you can pay him more than David Pasternak. Well, how? I won't disagree with you on that one either. I, I mean, guess. David Pasternak is a better player. I'll, I'll take David Pasternak. You trade... Pasternak for William Nylander. I'll take it. Yeah, I would too. Absolutely. So to me, that says, all right, even if we want to go percentage at the cap, I don't think you're as good as him. So go ahead, sign the same deal as David Pasternak. And I think we're in the right ballpark of like a $6.6 million kind of player. Yeah. And I, I think Pasternak's got more of a, you know, bargaining chip when it comes to like the need for Boston to keep him on the team. Right. So you know, Nylander, right? I mean, he's very talented forward. Don't get me wrong, but there's already a bevy of so many talented forwards where it's like Toronto could be like, okay, well, you don't want to play? Well, we got Tavares, we got Matthews, we got these guys. Yes. Whereas Boston sort of run, you know, at the time, especially when they were signing, we're running a little thin on talented yeah, forwards. Yeah. So, Yeah, I mean, but when, when Nylander is in that lineup, that team is even more deadly. Oh, sure, absolutely. Any lineup would be And And the second deadly. power play becomes incredibly deadly as well with him shooting from the top of that left circle or right circle so uh yeah anyway so connor carrick dealt we'll see if it results in a signing of william nylander or if it's just completely unrelated uh montreal canadians have named a captain and that captain is shea weber yeah a captain who won't be on the ice till december (laughs) yes uh it's on the one hand strange in that sense on the other hand, you know he's going to be there for a while. Yeah, no, uh, no one's taking his contract anymore. So as much as he's yeah, maybe down. that maybe that's the reason that they did it. They're like, who's the one guy? It's impossible to move. Right. Shea Weber. He's going to be here for another six, seven years. Going to cost us so much money, and they obviously can't name Carey Price captain. So let's just take Shea Weber. Yeah, and I mean you don't, you can't can't quite name Kotkaniemi the captain yet, right? Even right. though. I, the way that people are talking about him, he might as well be the savior of the organization. But he did make camp. Yes, he did. So for all the trash talk that we did, Montreal picking Cook and Yemi instead of Zadina. Mm-hmm. Look who's the one who makes the roster. Yeah, and I, I think that more or less goes to their need for a good centerman versus you know. Do I, I see? I think that if he was if Cook and Yemi was in Detroit, he would have made the team. You think so? Absolutely, because look at the... I mean, the reason he made the team is because of the way he played in preseason. Why? Well, the I guy will, was... He was much better in preseason than Zadina was, absolutely. Zadina looked lost. I disagree with you. Zadina looked lost. But uh, the, the, same, the most the, the most he looked like he knew what he was doing was when it was three on three in overtime. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that was <laughs> that Luke Glendening goal. Um, yeah, I won't disagree with you. He Zadina did not have as good of a preseason, no doubt. But to me, I, I think... Montreal is sort of at the point where they're like, okay, we don't really have any centers. Let's throw them in there. Let them trial by fire sort of thing. Whereas like Detroit has always kind of had this mentality of like, let's let our guys ripen in Grand Rapids. You know, we don't need to bring them up if they're not ready or if we don't desperately need them. And I think Montreal desperately needs a center more than Detroit desperately needs a scoring winger. Well, I don't think that Montreal's trying to tank. No, I don't think so either. I think Detroit is. But but even even so, Zadina belongs in in the AHL. But yeah, even I think if, he'll even get if up he at was some like, point. I'd say that he was borderline. Like, you could have kept him, mm-hmm. and it would have been fine. But instead, I think they're thinking, we don't want him to get in, 
into this losing environment because it could happen. I mean, there's oh sure, there's plenty of examples around the league where they've been guys have been thrown in way too early and they just tank and they're unable to really recover their careers. But there is someone in your life that thinks the Red Wings are a playoff team. There is, yeah. My father honestly believes the Wings are a playoff team, and I. I, don't get me wrong. There's a lot to be excited about when you see them only lose one game in the preseason. But at the same time, I'm like, Dad, like, there, there's a there's a bunch of, you know, rookies, prospects, guys who sure. are not going to be in their starting lineup. Is that's why you? But Justin, they destroyed the Maple Leafs six to two, <laughs> right? With their D or squad. Did I say the Leafs? The Marlies, I meant. The yeah, Marlies. the Marlies. Exactly. <laughs> that's the thing. The funny thing is, like. He kept going on about how they destroyed the Marlies, so Detroit's clear, or clearly going to make the playoffs. And of course, he didn't refer to them as the Marlies, but I'm like, Dad, the night before when they actually played mostly their NHL-ready rosters against each other, Leafs destroyed them. Like, yeah. the Wings, don't get me wrong, they were close in shots, but everything else was so far away. They, wings had no answer for their power play. I mean, I was just like, they're, don't, don't, just don't. Yeah, and I think we all have, whether it's your dad or some older friend i feel like we all have that person yeah in our life who hey the team that they cheer for god bless them they're always going to be in the playoffs right like every there's year. always a chance you know there's so many like detroit tigers fans who even when it's oh my gosh lions fans here when are it's the worst May and they're 10 point 10 games back oh look at there's still a chance the oakland athletics have done it before yeah and uh yeah there's I mean, sure, there always needs to be that level of hope in sports. You know, there's, and there have been some great turnarounds mm-hmm. for certain teams, teams that are way out of the playoffs and they totally somehow magically find themselves in. I mean, Colorado had no shot last year, no one gave them any chance. And even with five games left, it was an almost statistical certainty that they had missed the playoffs. And because St. Louis lost, I think, four of their last five, and Colorado won them all, and they beat St. Louis in the final day, they make the playoffs. And that's just statistically unlikely, but it happened. And so I think that's why we maybe are sometimes unreasonable about our teams because we just get into this, well, like it's happened to these teams. Why can't it happen to my team? And you don't want to be the guy who, when it happens, Mm -hmm. People are like, wow, why'd you give up? Like, you know, the real fans knew we'd be able to do this. And I think that that's why every sports fan secretly has like a little tiny corner, whether they want to say it out loud or not, where they're like, yes, my team, they will be good. (laughs) They will be better than everyone expects. I know it. I know it. Yeah, I'm sure you had that. I know because I've been doing that my whole life. With the Leafs. This is like the first year where I can legitimately say, ah, the Leafs could finish first place. No problem. Like, yeah. I have no problem saying that. Uh, it doesn't really matter to me whether they finish first place in the regular season. Uh, I don't think that they're a Stanley Cup team yet. Okay. But I do think that they're a team that will certainly push the envelope. And given some the right teams that they play in the playoffs, they could, make, they could win, win a Stanley Cup. I would say that they're a... I'm not going to be Vegas and say that they have the best odds to win, but I'd say that they're in the... They're in a group of probably seven teams that I would say have a legitimate chance. There's certain teams... Who, who are your team? If you had to pick, like, uh, let's say two teams per conference mm-hmm. who are Stanley Cup contenders. Yeah. Like, no doubt about it. There's minimal holes in their team, and they are Stanley Cup contenders. You're going Tampa Bay. Yep. You're going... Winnipeg. 
Yep, Nashville. Nashville. And maybe throw San Jose in that conversation now. Yeah, San Jose's looking pretty good. You could throw them in or you could I mean the fact that I, I, I think that you always have to include the team that won the cup yeah. the year before that didn't lose anybody. Right. So Washington. you gotta go Washington. Uh but man, that's uh we I think you could almost put Washington in the same kind of tier as a Toronto, as a San yeah. Jose. Or Pittsburgh. I mean to me really I guess it's three teams. It's Tampa, Nashville, Winnipeg. Those are the teams to me that are like Locks. One of those three teams should win the Stanley Cup. That doesn't mean they will. But it, it's. Uh, I think that if I were going to put money on a team, it would be one of those three. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, well, anything else you want to uh, you want to discuss before we dive into our top fifty list? <sighs> any other any other news? Any other uh, you know West Coast kind of stuff going on that you want to hit on? No, not really. I mean, Radom Verbata retiring yeah. along with, of course, Hendrik Zetterberg has retired. Scott Hartnell also retired today. So yep. some uh, some old school names. Yeah, speaking of almost old school, Sam Gagne put on waivers, which was kind of shocking for a team that lacked didn't, center depth didn't a little two bit. Two years ago, he had like 60 he points. He had 50 points. 50 points. For Vancouver. Yeah. He had 30 last year. I mean, he was injured a bit. And it was still a, a decent season. He could easily be a 40-point player if he was healthy all year. So... It's kind of baffling when you wave a guy like that, unless maybe he just doesn't really fit into your scheme of you know the guys you want on your squad. I don't know, but yeah, well, obviously Vancouver is. Uh, I mean, well, they're looking to Eric Fair is there. Then they kept him over Sam Gagne. I, I don't know. Yeah, what, where but the, Eric Fair is going to have a particular role on that team, right? Exactly. That and he gets paid much less. Uh, but you don't you don't really save a lot of money by sending a guy to the minor. Like you save basically a oh, one million a million dollars, yeah. right? So you're still paying them four. You're still paying them the full amount. It's just only four million counts getting your cap. Vancouver's not so worried about the cap, but I would say that there's um, some reason why Vancouver sends him down right now is that. They want to get a look at some of their younger players. Yeah, it's got to be you've a roster that, spot thing. You've got that nine. You've got that nine game uh, tryout essentially before it kicks into your first year of your ELC. And so maybe Vancouver is just trying to say, you know, is this? Are these some players that we want to to stay with the team? Also, yes, are there some players that if we stuck them on waivers, they'd get claimed as opposed to no one's going to claim Sam Gagne, so we're sending him down for the moment. Well, maybe they're hoping somebody claims him. They're like, we just want to get rid of this guy. And so. nobody, Nobody's going to claim him. Not, not for $5 million. Not at this point well, in the season. No, he is making 3.15. Oh, 3.5. Okay. So 3. it's 4. not that unreasonable that he could get claimed, but... You know, maybe that's the only reason they're just like, let's send him down if he gets claimed. Awesome, that's great. That money's off of our books. You know, even though it's only this year, next year, but maybe they're like, eh, we'll send him down for, you know, to create a roster spot like we just talked about. But yeah, yeah. To me, the other uh, interesting one is Curtis, Curtis McElhaney. Yeah, sent down. He and Calvin Pickard too. I mean, those are two goaltenders that a lot of teams who might be, you know, a little on the fence about their backup goaltenders. For instance, like Tampa Bay, Louis Domingue, how much do you rely on him as a backup goaltender, you know, to relieve Vasilevsky, who's had, you know, fatigue question marks in his name? Maybe you go claim one of those guys or, Well, and and McElhaney was the best backup in the NHL last year. he was pretty dang good. Yeah. I mean, so I, you know, in in my head, I'm thinking, well, McElhaney outplayed him in the preseason, but the Leafs have to go, McElhaney's 35. Yeah, Garrett Sparks is twenty five, and Garrett Sparks was drafted by the Leafs. Yeah, I mean, so, he was in the long term plan to right, be a starter. Right, right, and and he played fantastic 
in their AHL Calder Cup. League. Oh, absolutely. So, so you, you've got it. I mean, yeah, a couple preseason games, he kind of dropped the ball, but it's a couple games. Yeah, and it's uh, it's would be silly to wave a guy and lose him forever based off of a couple bad games. Right. Whereas Curtis McElhaney, uh he He's played really well, but. Did he play really well because the team in front of him was a pretty good team too? I would imagine so. I think so. Uh, but oh, but uh, he's. I mean, he is McElhaney is the you know he's the giant goalie. So and he may be back, and who who knows what happens there. But uh, one other guy waved that intrigues me. Intrigues you is a Dimitri Yaskin. And why does he intrigue? Uh, you? you know, seventeen points in seventy six games. Not great for the Blues. Uh, he is 25 years old, so he's he's got another I think another two years, and he'll be a. Or I'm sorry, he I think he's a UFA at the end of this year, if I'm not mistaken, because this is will be his seventh year. So yes, he would be a UFA I think at the end of this year, or or maybe he has one more. Um, really good possession numbers. Uh, when you last year, his Corsi 52.7, Fenwick 54 one. Um, and he was starting 58.5% of the time in the defensive zone. Wow. So a responsible defensive player. And I, to me, I think, you know, a guy like this gets waived and a team that needs some extra depth at forward. Uh, you know, a, even a team just like a, an Arizona who can tack on some extra players to just kind of fill out that lineup. Yeah, I, maybe an Edmonton who has struggled a little bit on the back end. Yes. Could, Yes. You know, use a guy like that to help out, you know, Ryan Strom on that third on, line. On the defensive side, yep. yeah, I think that he he's somebody who I would keep an eye on. His shooting percentage, really, really low. I mean, we're talking last, – last year, he had a 4.8% a 4. shooting percentage. Year before, 1.8%. The year before that, 4.3%. And uh, in his, his rookie season, he had a 12% shooting percentage. So I'm wondering if, you know – does that at some point balance itself out? Can he can he get some more shots? Uh, all yeah. that would play, uh, you know, play a, a factor in his maybe being able to get a guy. If you could pull pull a guy off of waivers, and he can get you twenty five points in a year, get you twelve to fifteen goals, uh, it's a success. And if you can play him on the penalty kill, play him on uh, in the defensive zone, that's huge. So just a guy to keep an eye on, you know. Second round pick in 2011, Russian kid, uh, Dmitry Yaskin. Keep an eye on him if your team scoops him up. All right, get a little excited because I think that he could he could do some good things for your team. Yep, one year, one point one mil, and then he's an RFA. Oh, and a Dale Weiss. Oh, okay, yeah, a, a guy who uh, he's a good little energy plug. Sure, and uh, Philadelphia basically in no need of him anymore. Yeah, no, they're loaded at forwards, and now. so I, I think he's another guy that. Uh, can come into a team that's not great and provide that little bit of a spark. So, you know, some, uh, some interesting names, reasonable names coming off. Yeah. Um, you know, our last show, I don't think we got to really talk about Corey Perry's injury and I'd like to, Oh, I'd like no, to please. Just, uh, address that for me. Yeah. Let's talk about it before we get into our list here. And that'll be, and yes, this will be our last thing we talk about for our list. Corey Perry's injury. And he is out for, uh, what looks like what three four months something or no longer than that they're hoping to get him back by the trade deadline so what's that five months yeah it's a while a couple a couple uh, knee injuries this is my question for you mm-hmm. Do, and I, I I pose this on Twitter as well 
Does the Corey Perry injury make Anaheim a better team? I would I would say yeah. I mean, honestly, you got to think. So, I mean, Anaheim has some decent forward prospects coming up. And um, let me just pull up that name because it's right on the tip of my tongue here. Um, I mean, you look at a guy like Sam Steele or Max Jones, two young guys who have a lot of offensive upside to their game. Um, you know, Sam Steele, centerman, Max Jones, a winger here, who could potentially come up, take a spot, and I think they could produce far above and beyond what a healthy Corey Perry could give you. Yeah, I mean, can can somebody come up and produce 50 points in a season? Yeah. I, I don't think it's, it's outside the realm of possibility. And when you look at Corey Perry's possession numbers, it's a very obvious. I mean, a, a 46.9 Fenwick last year. Uh, really his first year far below. Uh, and it was, it's his worst possession year since 2010-11. So, I mean... Spent a lot of less time on the ice as well, uh, but he had more offensive zone start time or uh, started more on more in the offensive zone uh, than he ever has, other than one year in 2015-16. So, I mean, they're taking away defensive responsibilities, and his possession numbers are still in the hole. To me, this says. I mean, some of the year he wasn't playing with gets laughs, so of course yeah. that's going to hurt you. He got bumped down to the uh, third line a bunch. But I, th- I think at the same time, you all of a sudden you're taking him out of the lineup. Now there's no controversy of who should play with gets laugh, and now you're that third line can be what it needs to be. You don't need to have this ancient slow winger who is really not that responsible defensively, although it is very funny that in uh, EA Sports NHL games, mm-hmm. I believe he is listed as a two-way forward. Goodness. And I believe Stop. that he like has always been listed as a two-way forward. I think it's because he checks people. He I was a sniper, I think, on like in a few a few NHL games. Was back, he? But yeah, I at think one he's point. All, I, I'm almost like I remember the year that he scored – uh, 50 goals. He was a two-way forward in that game. Are you sure? Yes. I'm okay. Positive. <laughs> I'm positive because I remember thinking, how ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I, I'm with you. I think they're they're a much better team with him out of the lineup. But you're going to look at guys like Andre Kasha, Patrick Eves, Jakob Silverberg. They're going to get more ice time now. Maybe even, you know. Yeah, it is Silverberg to me is the most intriguing if if Silverberg yeah. now gets some more extra ice time. And he's going to be a UFA, so this is a contract year for him. <laughs> so you think if any year he wants to produce to say, hey, you know, I'm I'm part of this team's future because he's 27, so he's at the point where now he needs to prove it or lose it, basically. Yeah, yeah so. absolutely. Okay, well, let's, uh, let's jump into our list. Let's list. Our top 50. You can, again, you can just click on the show notes and you can see our... Our 50 through 100. Sorry, it's not our top 50. It's our, our uh, bottom 50 out bottom, of 100. Yeah, whatever you want to call 50 it. 50 to 100. Uh, so we start our list actually at number 50, which technically we should have started at 51. Uh, but should that's, we have? That's okay. Yeah, because, I mean, if you have the top 50, that means 50 is included. Oh, right? yeah, but I guess maybe. That's okay. We, we have our own. We'll, we'll, we'll just pull this list down. Um, so number 50... Uh, is to me one of the more intriguing names on this list, a William Carlson. Mm-hmm. Uh, forty over forty goals last year. What's your expectation for a William Carlson this year? And thinking fantasy, is he a guy that you want to bet on? Um, not 
if you're looking for your top tier players, obviously, I don't think he's going to be anywhere near, you know, your your Sidney Crosby's or anything like that in terms of production. But I do think he's still good for 70 points. I don't think he's good for another okay. 40 goals. So you're um, thinking more of a 30-40. 30-40 kind of guy. I still think he's got good line mates with Riley Smith, Jonathan Marshall show. And I think now you're going to see with Paul Stasny and Max Pacioretty on, on that second line kind of open up the option for Gerard Gallant to say, hey, maybe we don't have to play him against top pairing demon anymore we can roll him against second or third pairings and get you know paul stasny who's a better in my opinion two-way center than carlson we can get him out there against top guys so okay yeah i I think that it's a good bet to still make because of the power play time he's gonna get yeah uh i i think he's he may be a player that some people reach for because they really want to have some vegas players on their team Mm mm-hmm I, I think there's just some draw about Vegas. Yeah, it's exciting. And uh, and people want, like some of the reason, of course, the reason you play fantasy is because it gives you a reason to watch certain games. You know, you're watching for a player to do well. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's the reason why I've got, I got into football so much is because it gives you a reason to watch these random games. Otherwise, I wouldn't watch Arizona against Florida sometimes. But if you happen to have Barkov and a, a Dadanov and a OEL and, Suddenly, there's a, a little bit more reason to watch. So, uh, th- pick a throw out a, a name on this on this list, and let's. Uh... Yeah, another name on this list to watch. Uh, a little about ten spots down the the list at number six, you got a Jaden Schwartz, um, a okay. guy that I think has been constantly underrated the last couple of years, and I think now with them legitifying two centermen. Legitifying yes. is that a word? I don't know, but I just made it up. That, I love that word. <laughs> I love it. Look it up. Legitifying. Okay, I'm looking that up right now. It is actually in the Urban Dictionary. Okay, and it is a certifiably legit, certified as being legit. An example in a sentence: Door security guard. Can I see your ID? Me. Yeah, here it is. See, I'm legitified. <laughs> Stop it. Oh, all right. Well, anyways, Jaden Schwartz. <laughs> to me, now he's got two centermen. Whether or not he plays, you know, on the same line with Tarasenko still, or he gets to play with another one of those centermen, whether it's Ryan O'Reilly or Braden Shin, he's got a guy now consistently who can feed him the puck. He's got the opportunity to separate himself from Tarasenko, you know, on a different line so that he can go out there and be the guy that scores goals for that line instead of our, you know, instead of having, for instance, Braden Shen deciding, who am I going to pass to, Schwartz or Tarasenko? Yeah, my worry so. is that he's not going to get the same amount of power play time. No, I think... That would be, that would be my concern. Is I think, honestly... There's a lot more, especially like a Bozak's going to come in there and play, and steal some power play time away. No, I, I don't disagree with Ryan you. Ryan O'Reilly. Robbie Fabry might even come in there and take some sure. minutes, sure. But I, I still think he is going to be on your top power play unit, him, Tarasenko, and then either Shin or you know O'Reilly are going to be there with them, but in terms of second unit time, I I think you're going to see Fabry, Bozak, those guys on that unit, and I think they'd rather load up with their pow- their their powerful forwards that they have, just like Toronto is how they can stack up Tavares, Matthews, Nylander, Marner on that first unit God, and just destroy. Godry. Godry. Yeah, yeah. So uh, a name on here that. Vincent Trocheck on the Florida Panthers is unbelievable. Yes. Uh, to me, if you're looking for if you're if you're trying to draft fantasy, he will go he will be ignored. He almost always is. And it's I, I don't know if it's because he plays for Florida. 
or because he's a second line center, but he's really, he is maybe the most underrated second line center in the NHL. Yeah, I will agree with you because, okay, so he finished 29th in points in the NHL. So if you look at the vast majority, there's 31 teams. That means he, he if you took one guy out of each team, he would have made the top yep. 31 out of those. Yep. But yep. when you look at people that normally draft for fantasy, they look for two things, and you kind of mentioned both of them. One, is he on a team's top line? And two, you know, is he a, a big name, star player? Right. And when you look at a team like Florida, right, you don't, the, only, the name that pops off is Barkov. So you might not look at Trocek as much as you would look at uh, uh, Sasha Barkov. And so, the, and the, the fact that he's going to now play with Mike Hoffman is fantastic. Is, yeah, and it he's, is really. He's going to, it won't only be, you know, I still think that Trocek's good for 30 goals. Uh, I also think that this season he may be good for 45 assists. Yeah. Which would be a, a huge season for him. Uh, what other names jump off to you at, on this list? Uh, a little further down, I got um, at number 75, Alex DeBrinkett. To me, this is a guy who last year was fantastic on a struggling Chicago team. Yeah. Um, I honestly believe that he is going to push Patrick Kane for the, the team lead in points. Uh, he's going to see a lot more ice time, especially because to me, Jonathan Taves his offensive game is not going to be what it once was. I think Taves, you're still going to maybe get 50 ish points, but I think that opens up more power play time for a guy like to it to maybe center that top unit versus Taves who might now be pushed back to the second power play unit. In my opinion, I think that'll he'll overtake him at some point. Yeah. I, I would expect him. He'll, he'll once again, 25 plus goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chicago is just a tough place to read right now it really is Uh, we don't really know what we're going to get you know everybody comes back and says they feel great this year and they're ready for a bounce back year uh that's easy to say sure sure that's what you have to say yeah that's exactly what you have to say uh to me my worry is that chicago is going to be is not going to get as much power play time i think that they may be one of those teams that just doesn't get as many power play opportunities throughout the year because of their lack of talent uh, especially throughout the their bottom six forwards uh, and their defense is slowing down that often results in taking bad penalties or taking penalties that you have to take because it's the only way to slow down your opponent sure and i'm worried about goal uh, the goaltending situation. I I mean, Cam Ward is their number one goalie, and that's a huge problem. Cam Ward is not someone that you want to be your top goalie. Uh, I think that that was, I mean, it's exactly why Carolina said, yeah, bye. Uh, and I think Chicago was really hoping that Corey Crawford would be healthy and that Cam Ward would be in his proper spot where he could play every fifth game and everything would be okay or play every fourth game even. Uh, and so I just, I don't like the Chicago situation. Right. It's, it's tough. There's Other no than Patrick it. Kane, I'm probably avoiding any Chicago Blackhawk. Well, and it depends if, if when depends you, on where you get them. Yeah, of course. Yeah. It, it all looks at fantasy too. Like if you're a team that, or if you're in a league that really values plus minus, for example, maybe you stay away from Alex Dabrinka. Dude, get out of that league. I know. I don't like those yeah. either. But uh, I don't like leagues that really put emphasis on hits either because that's pretty much out of that. If you, if you have a league that actually categorizes hits as a statistic, then you can say Alex Ovechkin is more worth 
I mean, you can put him above Sidney Crosby and almost yeah. at a Connor yeah. McDavid level. Because he gets more penalty minutes. Because he gets 250 that. hits a year. But, I mean, so for Alex it, he played 14 minutes of ice time last year on average. That's bumping up by at least two or three minutes a game. So. It's a good call. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he should definitely get some more ice time. Probably more power play time. You were yeah. right on that. So who do you like on this list next? I'm going to tell you who I don't like. Who you don't like. Okay. Uh, Nico Heischer, to me, is way too high on our list. Uh, and that's, okay. you know, we... That's fine. Uh, I he to me he's just he's far far too like I wouldn't have him on this list at all. Okay. Wow. Uh, I I mean did he had what forty nine points last year or fifty points last year somewhere around there. Uh, Nico Heischer fifty two fifty okay fifty two. Yeah. Nico Heischer to me is uh, now still a good player. I think that he he will certainly be on this list eventually. Uh, to me, this isn't a year where I'm seeing Nico Heischer going from 52 to 70. Uh, another 55-ish point season is fine, but when you look at the players below him, Evgeny Dadanov was on pace for, I think, a 75-point season. Uh, even a a guy like a Logan Couture, who is a consistent 60-point guy. Uh, I think uh, Alexander Radulov... Uh, you know, there's there's players that I would much prefer to have. Nazem Kadri, who isn't on this list, who had 30 goals. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I just I think that there's there's players that deserve to be on this list that aren't. Which which I mean, I have anytime you make a list, of course, is you're going to have players oh, who you, things you disagree with, and and uh, also like a, a Jordan Eberle and Eric Stahl, two guys you can count on to score goals. Um, whereas Nico Heischer to me is. Unproven. I think the Devils are taking a step back. I'm scared of Devils players outside of Taylor Hall. Okay. Uh, but still, I think Taylor Hall is going to get taken way too early. Oh, sure. Yeah. In in fantasy leagues. Uh, yeah, I think and, he will regress. I mean, it's and it's. I don't know if it's so much of a regression as it's a uh, like a stat correction. You know, he he blew his point totals out of the water. Ninety four points. I think he's more of an 80-point guy, which is not no knock on Taylor Hall. He just had the best season of his life. Yeah. I So, for me, with, with Heischer, I this is where you and I disagree. I think he's due for a bump. I think he's going to get pretty dang close to 70 points. But I will agree with you when I, I do think Taylor Hall sort of maxed out his production a little bit. I'm expecting a little bit more, you know. Um You know, again, 37 points on the power play for Taylor Hall. I, I think that comes down a bit. Um I, I will say that his five-on-five five play, you know, maybe has a little room for growth. But, I, again, I I look at the team around him, and I think Nico Heischer and Taylor Hall, and that's about it. I think Will Butcher, yeah, Sammy Vatanen, those guys are going to be good, but they're not going to be really good players where they're going to help, you know, increase production for all the other guys. Right, right, right. Yeah, you so, don't, don't want to be taking Sammy Vatanen until later in a drafting. No, yeah, if you, wait, need, wait, a, wait, wait, if wait, you wait. need a defenseman. Although I did – I was listening yesterday um, – to a mock draft on XM Radio that the the guys on NHL Radio were doing, and somebody went and like just instantly in the second round went and grabbed uh, Eric Carlson like way before, okay. um, you know, Gutsy. yeah, it, way before a guy like Stamkos because yeah. his thought process behind that was there's maybe two or three solid point producing defensemen you're gonna get that yeah. are gonna give yeah. you great stats all around, and then there's just a big big separation between the guys underneath right. them right. where it's just better where you can find other forwards to you can't replace find production. other Stamkos's, but yeah, yeah, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> it's easier to find guys that can produce seventy points, 
you know, in this league where it is harder to find defensemen that can produce 70. That is, that is true. Uh, Evander Kane is an interesting player to me. Uh, San Jose, of course, you know, really Evander Kane was the big signing for yeah. San Jose. And now he will be, actually, I think it's a good thing that he'll be overshadowed by Eric Carlson. Uh, yeah. I mean, Evander Kane scored 30 goals in his rookie season. 31, I think. And now he's been a guy who everyone is waiting for him to get back to the level that he was at in his rookie season, what, six or seven years ago back in Winnipeg. And so... Yeah, he scored 30 in his third year in the league at Winnipeg. He had two years in Atlanta, but... Ah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, so his first year in Winnipeg. There you go. Uh, In any case, we've all thought, When's, when are we getting 30 goal scorer Evander Kane back? Yeah, he did get 29 yeah. last year, so pretty dang close. Right. And last year was really the first year where, in a contract year, where he turned it on. And in a contract year for a, an absolute garbage tank of a team. So to me, because remember, didn't he have, he had like 15 goals pretty quick, if I remember right. He, he I think so. Kind of yeah. got he off. He came out of the gun pretty uh, quick in Buffalo. And, yeah. So to me, it was. Screw the team. Mm-hmm. The team's going to be bad. I'm going to score my goals because I'm getting paid. Yeah. And that's what he did. And that's fair. I, I, what else are you going to do in Buffalo? You got to watch out for yourself because there's no one else watching for you because the team is so bad. Yeah. Uh, and so now he's in San Jose. He's in a good situation. Really, this is the first time in his career he's been with a stable team because Winnipeg is now, but Winnipeg three, four years ago right. uh, was a, a team. Giant that, question mark. Yeah, I mean, they, they had made the playoffs that one year and got swept, I believe, by, was it Anaheim? They played in the playoffs. I think it was, yeah. yeah. Well, so I, I, I think that you're, you're looking at his first good situation. I'm hoping, I, I, w- I, would, I would put stock into, you know, if you can get Evander Kane at the right place in the draft, mm-hmm. uh, he's a guy that I would, I would bet high on. Okay. Now, I, I won't disagree with you because, you know, when he went to San Jose, 14 points, 17 games there, plus five. I mean, and that's... Without I, Carlson. Yeah, without Carlson. And now, now you're talking to add another legitimate threat on the back end to feed you the puck, especially on the power play now where you know he's going to be on their top unit. Um, and then not only that, but now you might... You're probably going to have a healthy Joe Thornton dishing you the puck a little bit more too. Yeah, that'll be so, nice for him. <laughs> so to get guys that can legitimately send you the puck where all he had in Buffalo was, you know, Jack Eichel for most of the time. And then in Winnipeg, I mean, he had to go through Andrew Ladd and Brian Little, which don't get me wrong. They're, they're good players, but yeah. Um, yeah. Well, Andrew Ladd, not so much. Andrew anymore, Ladd but was a, was a good player. Was a good player. Yeah. Good but, player. Um, you know, he's got more legit talent around him now than he did in the start at Winnipeg. Yeah. So yeah. Boy, is Winnipeg glad they traded away Andrew Ladd and didn't re-sign him. Oh, goodness. Remember, yes. he was their captain. He was. When they traded him. Yeah. and uh, Went to the island. Yes. Did not work out well. Uh, another name out here. I uh, This is an interesting order. Uh, at number 79, we have Andrei Shvetsnikov, mm-hmm. who has not played a single NHL game. Yeah, a couple rookies on this and, list. Uh, number 80, Kyle Connor, who, uh, who had a pretty darn good season yeah, last 60 year. 60 points. So, does this mean that in your in in your opinion, mm-hmm. you, you decided this order? Yep. Uh, Svetsnikov's going to have a better season than Kyle Connor. I think Kyle Connor maybe regresses a little bit down to fifty five ish points. 
Oh, see, I think Kyle Connor could have 70, 75 points. See, I won't just, dis- now if he does, I won't say, hey, that was unexpected. I totally expect him, especially with the talent around him. Although no with doubt. the talent around him, it's going to be, it could be hard for him to get power, as much power play time. Sure. But for me, Andrei Sveshnikov was a guy who I honestly thought behind Zadina would be neck and neck for the Calder race. I think Sveshnikov, he's built for the NHL. His his size, his strength, his speed, everything about him. His hands are amazing. And I think this guy is more than capable of putting up 30 goals, 30, 35 assists in this league. Yeah. I mean, I think he'll get the opportunity. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I Carolina is an interesting team to me this year. I mean, every, what, for the last four years? Yeah. They've, they've been, been the team that like, oh, they're going to come out. They're going to make the playoffs, right? I mean, yeah. Hey, if you go back and listen to our show on our, our rankings, I have them in the playoffs. So, yeah, they'll be, you know what I heard uh, like three days ago that they're um, going to give a legit run at Sebastian Ajo at, as their top line center with Teravine. And yes, I'm guessing Andre I did Sebastian see that uh, they played him at center and, uh, and Rod Brindamore after the game came out and said he was awful at center. Was he? Okay. Good. Uh, he said he didn't really. He wasn't impressed or something. Yeah, I, I don't think he needs. It wasn't be a that center, honest, but, but. <laughs> you know, I guess when you got Jordan Stahl as your third line center, and that's probably legitimate on paper, your top line center since Victor Rask is out. You know, yeah, it's like yeah. okay. you got to try something. I mean, there, I there's a chance, of course, that he stays at center. I mean, one game. What are you going to do if you're right. your first game playing at center in a while? Is trying is something the new. Greatest, but yeah, uh, Svetznikov will get lots of power play time. That to me, where is where he needs to get his points is probably on the power play. Okay, doesn't hurt having Dougie Hamilton on the on the back end. He will definitely increase production for them. Uh, what other names on here stand out to you, or, or yeah, you have a thought? So on? when I was looking at TSN's top list, right in their top fifty, they only listed four goaltenders, right? So they had uh, Vasilevsky, Pekarene, Halibuck, and Sergei Bobrovsky. And you made up for that on this. Uh, I certainly put the top. A, yeah, quite a bit of One, goalies two, three, in here. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah, out of in fifty. So one out of every 20%. five is yeah. going to be a goaltender. And for me, when you look at, especially from a fantasy standpoint, right? And I didn't really do this ranking so much as looking at for fantasy, but as where I think guys will produce. Um, you know, obviously, I think the four that were listed on you know TSN's top fifty, I think maybe minus Renee. I, I don't have as much faith of that faith in him as they do because I think Yuri Saros will come in there and steal a lot of games from him. Um, however, I do think there are a lot of good goaltending options, guys that if healthy will provide good numbers, a lot of games, and a lot of wins for your teams. Um, and one name that really stands out to me at number 73 on this list is Antti Ratna. His numbers were... Aunt Ratna. Yeah, Aunt Ratna. Uh, she is legit. Uh, <laughs> she? She? <laughs> uh, his his numbers were phenomenal, 930 save percentage. I, I don't see it dipping much, if anything. It'll probably hover around a 920, 925-ish, which is still phenomenal. Yeah. And if, if he's somewhere between 925 and 930, yeah. Arizona might be a playoff team. Exactly. And I, I, I think they're more than capable of that, especially when they get their back end healthy for most of the year because like we talked about it multiple times where their their top three defensemen weren't, I mean, barely healthy, but maybe a couple games. January. Yeah, till it January. Was, it wasn't until January that the three their three top defensemen played a game together. Yeah, so if you get those guys all healthy, plus you get a healthy, you know, Ant Ranta in there, he literally 
could put up some very, very good and scary numbers for this team because I, I do think he is a top 10 caliber goaltender in this okay. league. Okay. Uh, I would Now, Martin Jones is pretty high at 54. Yeah, and to me, that's that's more or less for wins. Okay, He'll yeah, be, yeah. He gives you steady save percentages around 915, 920 every year, steady goals against. But when you you know look at the team in front of him now, I think they're going to contend for you know that division championship. So the wins factor in a ton when it comes to goaltenders. Yeah, and Mark Andre Fleury is a is a guy that I might avoid. Yeah, fantasy wise, health because because or yeah, last year you know he, he did go down a few times mm-hmm. and. Uh, or you think Vegas might dip a little? No, bit? I'm. I'm not. Well, I. I don't. I do think that Vegas is going to dip a little. Okay. But, uh, I don't think they're going to miss the playoffs. But I would just. I also wonder. You know, I wonder how much after that long playoff run and uh, just here we are settled into season two. Uh, is he going to be unreal again, or is he going to kind of regress back to? what he has been, which is a a really excellent goaltender, uh, but just not otherworldly. Yeah. Which which is yeah. an unfair expectation to think that he's gonna do again what he did last season. Uh but he's just a guy that I, I think that I would avoid. I think that if you're if we're looking at wins, I think that Frederick Anderson is a guy that uh you know, let other goalies go past. Take Anderson, he's gonna get you the save percentage, he's gonna get you uh, there, I think the Leafs will also give up a lot of shots. Yeah, and if you're in a league that counts saves a ton too, and fantasy yeah. wise, that's yeah. that could really boost your your numbers. But I think he's going to get a lot of wins. So, right, okay. Well, be... I had kind of a feeling I know where you might go in fantasy, but <laughs> well, if he's available, you know, I... our league does count saves, by the way. So, all right, there we go. Uh, so, one other name on this list that uh, is a goaltender that I. Okay. I'm weary of, but I want him to do really well, and I want to have him on my team because if he does really well, it's going to mm-hmm. be nasty, and I think it's Matt Murray. Matt Murray, okay. Had a really injury-plagued season last year. Yeah. And it has raised a lot of questions about you know how, how good can this guy actually be. We've seen the, I mean, Calder Trophy type of season – out of a guy who had already won a Stanley Cup the year before as the starting goalie right. and then won a second Stanley Cup. Uh, he still has won the Stanley Cup more times than he has not while playing in this league. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm worried. I, I'm not sure if he's a guy that I want to take or not. Yeah. Just uh, based on what we saw last year. Well, I will say this. If you're, you know, obviously there's there's that top tier group of goaltenders. And if you're looking for maybe that second tier of guys, maybe that, typically come in rank, you know, five through 15-ish in the league. And you're you're looking for a guy to grab that, you know, maybe not necessarily as your, your number one goaltender. Maybe you're even looking for a number two goaltender uh, if your league is heavy on goaltending stats. A guy to look out for to me at um, number 86 on this list is a Jonathan Gibson. And not because I think Anaheim's going to do well this year, because I do think their win totals, their points, they're going to slip a little bit. Um, I even think they, they might miss the playoffs. But... Because a lot of a lot of teams in the league this year play on Tuesday, you know, Thursday, Saturday games, or Tuesday, you know, Friday, Saturday, right? Yeah, yeah. Their schedule this this year has a lot of Monday, Wednesday, Sunday games. So if you're looking for you know a guy who you can start, and you don't have to put on your bench because you have another two goaltenders, 
or even one goaltender that's starting, he's a guy to look at for sure. Okay. Uh, I will address one snafu on this list. Snafu, please. At least in my mind. That I. Um, How the hell is Sam Reinhart ahead of Joe Pavelski? (laughs) Well, honestly, I I think, don't get me wrong. And Nazem Kadri and Anthony and. Brendan Gallagher, Eric Stahl. Well, I okay. So for me, Eric, I think Eric Stahl is going to totally take a step back. Um, twenty goals or no for Eric Stahl? Yeah, maybe. I mean, I think he's still capable of twenty goals, but I just sixty think, points. Or I, no, 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 not at all. I think he's more oh. or less closer to fifty, and that's about so it. So you don't even think he'll get fifty? I think he'll be twenty and twenty-five this year. Wow. Okay, that yeah. would be a massive regression because I think that team as a whole in Minnesota is going to regress horribly. Uh, Michael Granlin to me is and Devin Dubnik are two guys that I think are potentially going to be, you know, could do well. So so you think he'll go from 70 42 goals and 76 points to 20 goals and 45 points. Yeah, 45 50 points. I wow. I don't think that's out of the realm for him to have that big of a drop. Um but to me, so Sam Reinhardt, a guy over like a, a Joe Pavelski, for instance, Joe Pot, he's he's older, he's slower. Um, you know, I think with their infusion of new talent, and when you when I say new talent, I mean Eric Carlson, Evander Kane came back, and I do think they have a couple younger players that they're going to try to give some more minutes to. Um, I think he could be the piece that. You know, and and too with Joe Thornton coming back to take some more ice time, I think he's a guy who could see less ice time, see less time on the power play, maybe get that second unit instead of the first, like he typically does, because he's getting older, he's slowing down, and I I think they want to keep is him he fresher. Slowing down? Well, I he's always been the same pace, I guess. Really, I mean, he hasn't been <laughs> he hasn't slowed down too much over the last couple of years, that, but he never really was that fast. That is where it's going to be really cool. I think very soon we're going to get some crazy metrics. Have you seen the like the new statistic? It's like a computer as it watches the game and it reads the like, oh, this player passed here and took a one timer and it like yeah. it tracks all these things. That's just cool. And another thing is your is is your the speed at which a player is going. Mm-hmm. And if you can measure the speed, your average speed in a game, mm-hmm. and then the next year you can see Oh, here's this player's average speed this year. Yeah, and you can legitimately say things like slow down. Oh, he's lost a step. Yeah, as opposed to and and this isn't to call you out. I'm just you know no. we say that a lot. Well, oh, he looks like he's slowing down. Well, is he? Because sometimes maybe they're actually not slowing down. They just you know or they choose to play the game at a slower pace. For, yeah. For whatever reason, or or they are slowing down. But it's it's nice to be able to quantify things like that. Sure. I think we're really close. I, I think that whatever happens with this new CBA, mm-hmm. I think it's going to include tracking uh, guidelines. Interesting. In the next CBA. I've, okay. I've, I have not heard that anywhere. It's not coming from, I think that, but I think that that's something that will it have to be in there. Me. Because I, I know that players have to be concerned. I mean, think about it. If you're a, if you're a 33-year-old player, yeah. do you really want people tracking your average speed through the season? Right. Yeah. Because they're and for a team to be able to go, "Look, you're slowing down." Mm-hmm. So, we don't actually want you anymore because last year you were a lot faster than you were the year before or slower, or, you know, whatever. So, it will hurt veterans. Yeah. But it's really going to help people evaluate talent. So where do you draw that line and how do you, you know, how do you let that affect contract negotiations and all that? Right, so right. I, I think it will have to be in a CBA somewhere. That's interesting. Uh, 
players will vote on something. So, all right. Huh. Uh, one last player. I would yeah. like to get some thoughts on Nolan Patrick, who okay. is, uh, you know, you're very high on Nico Heischer. Mm-hmm. Uh, had a better season than Nolan Patrick, uh, mostly because, you know, he started the season healthy. Yeah. Uh, Nolan Patrick, what do you have, some weird thing on his leg or something? I, I can't remember. I can't remember what it was, but he had some weird injury. Yeah, he dropped, he he should have gone number one, apparently, in the draft, but he dropped to number two because New Jersey was concerned about his injury. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, I mean, he sure had more opportunity i think i mean I, yeah. but nolan nolan patrick you know if we're thinking okay nico heischer is going to take a next step i'm wondering nolan patrick with 13 goals 17 assists he had really good uh what am i trying to say he had, he had decent possession numbers yeah about about 50 50 a little lower um, they did start him in the offensive zone a little bit more but he is somebody who could make or really make a huge difference for Philadelphia. When we talk about yeah. those double head, the two headed monsters of centers. Well, if, if Nolan Patrick can increase his productivity and suddenly you've got your, uh, your Braden Shen and a Nolan Patrick as your top two guys, what does, what does that do? Is he ready to take that step? Mm-hmm. Where do you think he is in terms of development along the same lines of Nico Heischer? Like, where is he? Gonna finish. I think he's right below Nico Heischer, and I think that's not necessarily because he, you know, doesn't have the talent. I think it's just because of the opportunity where Nico Heischer is given more minutes, he's given more responsibility. I think Nolan Patrick sort of being put down on that second line, he's not gonna see as many top team defenses. I think with his lack of ice time, I I feel like this season he's not going to get close to that 70 point mark where I think Nico Heischer is capable of. I think hmm. Nolan Patrick is going to be close to a 50, 55 point player in my opinion, which is still pretty throughout good. Throughout his career. That's what you think he, for, no, no, no. I think, just, I think just for year. next season, next year. Yeah. Okay. Throughout his career. I, I think he is capable of 60, 70 points, but I, I wouldn't, would not see more than that out of a Nolan Patrick. Yeah. And, and we'll see if he gets the power play time. I mean, that's, yeah. he, he did well on the power play when he was given opportunity. He had five power play goals. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see how much time he can grab on that power play. Yeah. If he can find his way into the top power play, that's, that's re- I mean, when we talk about these top end players, mm-hmm. you got to be on your team's number one power play. Sure. That's where you score. That's just where you score. Yeah. You can you know, get you, 40, 35 points if you're yes, a top player. Like but you that. need that top power play line is usually getting a minute 10, a minute 20 on the power play, and then right. that next line's coming out and getting 40 seconds. And so it's it's a little different of a vibe yeah. playing that second power play unit. And when you've got Giroux and Voracek and Shen, uh, you know, these guys ahead of you, it is going to be harder for him to crack that top power play unit. Uh, yeah. Is he a guy that you would... Is, is he worth a, a late round flyer on to no pun intended that was not i did not do that on purpose that's horrible is he worth that late round scoop to try and you know maybe he's a guy who has a blow-up season is he somebody you'd look at or is there another player that you go no here's a guy you should look at really late it really all depends on how deep and big your your league is if you're in you know a 12 team league where you're only looking at scooping up you know six eight forwards no, he's not a guy I look at. He's he's one of those guys that, you know, 
you you take if you're you're in a, a large league with twelve to you know fifteen a lot teams, of roster spots a lot of roster spots, spots yeah really. you grab him but if you're in a smaller league ten eight teams not a lot of forward positions he's a guy you you keep an eye on for sure because you're hoping to scoop him up yeah, if you get injuries wire, yeah. exactly all right well uh, I think that concludes our our whatever list that was yeah I, some list yeah some list uh, and uh, yes we will be having our draft tomorrow. And then later in the week, we'll we'll come on. We'll kind of tell you how the how that draft went, and uh, you know some just some thoughts from it. Yeah. And of course, the regular season will have started, so we won't spend very much time talking about our little league, our league here. You know, we'll we'll be talking about actual games, Justin. Good. Real life. I'm games. excited because I. You know what? And I'm more excited too that we have our own fantasy league because I remember. Uh, last year, you and I played on a, in an in our in a different league. Yeah, and the trash talk is always better when we have our own, especially yes. because last year I did beat you, and being able to do that again oh, yeah. in our yes, own league will be fantastic. So, all right, all right, I can't wait. Well, this has been overtime hockey talk. You can find us on Twitter at ot hockey talk. Uh, if you want to jump in that league, do it. You got to do it right now, though. Yeah, DM uh, us, get at us, or you know, let us know uh, how your draft went. Uh, we'd love to, uh, you know, or if you have questions about who you should who you should scoop up off waiver wires after a draft and all that stuff, uh, we are here for you. We love chatting hockey, and uh, we will talk to you guys very soon.